Humanity Chats, a conversation about everyday issues that impact humans. Join us. Together, we can go far. We do this on Thursdays. We get together and we talk about everyday issues that impact humans. I am your hostess with the mostest. My name is Margie March. I am the author of five books. Yes, very excited about that. The Shimmigrant, Same Elephants, and the Young Shimmigrant series. Find it everywhere books are sold. Um, today we have uh, a guest who's going to talk about subjects that I'm not so familiar with. He is an attorney. His name is Eric, and I am going to tell you a little bit more about him. Eric Lotke, I hope I'm pronouncing the, the name right. Um, he's an author, activist, and scholar. He fought mass incarceration for years, including path-breaking research on racial disparities and the practice that came to be called prison gerrymandering. His lawsuit over the exploitative price of phone calls from prison led to new rules by the FCC. He wasn't always pro-union, but once he realized the importance of unions to building and maintaining the middle class, he joined the team. Eric's fiction includes Union Made, Making Mana, and 2044. The problem isn't Big Brother, it is Big Brother. Well, I cannot wait for you all to meet Eric. Um, I'm curious the way the conversation is going to go. So if you're here, tell your friend. Um, welcome to our YouTube viewers. Welcome to our Facebook viewers and to our podcast listeners. We are so grateful to all of you. Thanks for coming back week after week. As I said earlier, this is Humanity Chats with Margie. We get together to talk about issues that impact humans and let us bring Eric into the house. Hello, hello, hello. Hello there. Hi, Eric. How are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It is good to see you. It is nice to see you as well with all of these new technologies. <laughs> yes, I can't believe it. You're all the way in Virginia. I am in South Carolina and we are having a conversation. I am in my basement. <laughs> well, Eric, today um, we are going to be talking about incarcerations, racial disparities, gerrymandering, and unions. I know you're an author and you have some books out there. And I did introduce you by telling folks uh, um, a little bit about you. But do you mind expanding on that bio that I read? Sure, I can talk, a, talk about it a little bit. I spent roughly the first decade, probably more than that, 12, 13 years of my career, what I will call fighting mass incarceration, long before mass incarceration was all one word. When I was saying, there's more than a million people locked up. What? Really? Yes, there are going to be two million people locked up someday. No, 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 that will never happen. And sure enough, we have more than two million people locked up. And we all know the racial disparities, more people of color relative to the population than white people. All of this we know, 
Um, a lot of low-level nonviolent offenses, people in there for drug crimes, people in there, even if they do serious crimes, really bad crimes, in other countries and in other times in America, you would get a 10-year sentence. Now you get a 40-year sentence. So our, our sentences are high. The more people are, are people of color. And what can we do about that? So that's the background you all know. 20 years ago, I was doing what was then path-breaking research, saying things like one in three young Black men is in the criminal justice system, criminal legal system, one out of three young Black men. Now we all know it. Back then, it was a new factoid. I was counsel on a lawsuit. You might enjoy this. I, I enjoyed this. I was counsel on a lawsuit that said if somebody is locked in a cage 24-7, they need access to a functioning toilet. So we said so the lawsuit was against the DC jail, and it said if somebody's locked up, they need access to a functioning toilet, and a court order was needed for the jails to have to do that. And one of the enforcement mechanisms for the court order was that the council, who was me, could go and test the toilets at any time. So I would spend my entire days walking the tiers of DC jails, flushing the toilets, enforcing the court order and fundamentally hanging out with people who needed company, making sure the toilets work, um, getting some other free intelligence about the system. Your mother said she gave you 10 bucks in the commissary account. Did you ever get it? May what can we do about that? Are you getting your mail? Are you getting food? So we get to learn those things by being on the inside, all the way inside, flushing toilets in the DC jail. So that was the kind of lawyering that I did back then. And oh, and 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 you mentioned the the the, the uh, lawsuit against the prison phone rates. It costs, on average, something like a dollar a minute for people to call home, and the people who pay are the folks who they're calling. Usually, it's moms and kids who are paying to talk to their fathers and sons and husbands who are on the wrong side of the wall. And at a dollar a minute for a 10 minute phone call, it's 10 bucks. That's a lot of money for people who don't always have $10 or $15 to spend, but we want the family to keep to stay together. So I was counsel on a lawsuit, really a series of lawsuits that were an early step in helping to solve those problems that are not yet all solved, but a lot better than they, than they used to be. So price of prison phone calls was another piece of litigation that I was involved in. And what did you ask me about? Oh, prison gerrymandering. I should talk about prison gerrymandering. If I'm allowed, you can interrupt me. Prison gerrymandering. I feel like I'm monologuing. Prison gerrymandering. We all know the U.S. Census just counted the U.S. population just now in 2020. The data just came out a few weeks ago. And every 10 years, we do a head count of the U.S. population. And when we do the U.S. Census, people in prison count where they are locked up, not where they come from. Even though they wish they weren't there and they'll be released probably long before the next census and they'll go back to where they came from. Nonetheless, they count for being in the prison town, not a community of interest, not a place that they will tend to be, not a place that they have any roots. And there are political distortions. So urban minority Democratic-leaning districts are repopulated to rural, white, Republican-leaning districts, 
where the bodies count for purposes of apportionment, even though they can't vote there anyway. So that's the story of prison gerrymandering. And I and a whole bunch of other people did a whole lot of work for that over many, many years. And again, it's starting to get a little bit better. Some states are changing their laws. The new data are being released in a way that, that, that the people in prison can be counted separately if jurisdictions choose to count them that way. So these are all advances. And this is how I spent, you know, 10, 15 years of my, of my life, really. Please ask me another question. Otherwise, I will, I, I, I will not know where I should go. Well, my question is, what got you interested in incarcerations? I remember being a kid and looking at crime shows on TV and seeing defense attorneys who are representing criminals and saying, what an incredibly despicable thing to do to defend criminals. And then I became a grown-up and I went to law school and I realized there's no such thing as criminals. They're just people. And they might have done a bad thing or they might not have been done a, might not have done a bad thing and been falsely accused or they might have done a bad thing, but been arrested illegally. And that's a separate problem. It's really messy. And underneath it, they're all just people. And so what can we do to help help people do better in this world that we all live in? And reforming the criminal legal system is part of it, because especially if you're talking about people of color in America, the criminal legal system is one of the main interactions between government social forces and those people and their families it's arrest, it's incarceration, and it's parole supervision. And that's just problematic for a lot of people. And, and I came to understand that and tried to make things a little bit better. Okay, so you tried to make things a little bit better. And I, I, from, from what you've been telling me, you worked on racial disparities. You are a white male. And why did you decide to go into racial disparities? I decided to go after injustice. And as it happens, the people who are suffering more from it are black folks, black folks and people of color, uh, Hispanics, all, all, all different kinds of minorities. If you go out to South Dakota, it's Native Americans. I don't know anything about Native Americans. And what I just said to you is a piece of data that I learned when I, when I started doing the research. So, you know, justice, justice shall you pursue. And, and in, in the, case of incarceration in America, you have to see the racial dimension as soon as you start looking at it. The biggest problem is there's too many people locked up. Who specifically locked up? People of color. What can we do about that? There's lots of solutions out there, right? Drug treatment, mental health treatment, different social worky parts of the problem. There's going to be some people who are probably going to end up incarcerated. Well, for how long and under what conditions and how can they stay in touch with their families so they can come home successfully? All of those things are, forgive me, policy problems, but really they're just people problems. And and the question kept on being, what can I do to try to make things a little bit better? So as you talk about these policy problems, what are you doing to make it better now? So now I'm going to make a historical leap, if you'll let me. And I want to, I'll go back to the era of mass, my work in mass incarceration. Labor unions were often problematic. The police unions was often were often fighting against reforms that I wanted. And so I kind of grew up, so to speak, being skeptical about labor unions. Then 
it gets to be, I don't know, call it 2010, thereabouts, 2008, we get Barack Obama elected president. I think that's pretty cool. And But the country is going the, in the wrong direction. And it kept on going in the wrong direction. And as it gets to be like 10, 2010, 2012, and the country's still going the wrong direction, and I'm saying, what is it that could make things better? And what it's really going to be is working people working together. That's what we need, working people working together. Wait a minute. That's labor unions. That's what labor unions do. That's the institution that is built for working people working together to look at their collective interests and say, what can we do that's good for all of us together as people? And so I left at the research job that I had at that time to go and work for a labor union. And at that time, it was SCIU, Justice for Janitors. Janitors, all the, 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 the bottom end style professions, bus drivers, janitors, clerks, and, and love them all, right? And none of them are getting enough money and all of them need a raise and all of them need better health care and all of them need retirement security. And one worker alone is powerless and all of the workers together can shut down the factory and demand a raise. And so that was when I, I, I worked that out and over some you know years transitioned myself to working full-time for labor unions. And I currently work full-time for the National Education Association, which is an association of educators. And again, at the National Education Association, we have school teachers, the people you think of as teachers, but we have paraeducators and teachers' aides and bus drivers and the, and the cafeteria lady. All of them are educators in some way or another, and all of them need a raise, and all of them working together can try to say, hey, there's money out there. And if you want us to take better care of your kid, if, it will be better for your kids if we don't have to go find a second job at night, if we don't have to leave for a different profession, if we can stay here and execute the trade that we're trained for and we love to do, and we want to keep on doing it, and more money will, will, will make everything work better. That's, that, that's the association. That's what they can do working together. So from what I'm hearing, in your opinion, unions are necessary? Unions are necessary. In the theory of free market economics, you have negotiations between buyers and sellers. And if they have equal power, they come up with a price that works for everybody. And if they don't have equal power, then one side wins and it's unfair. And right now, the employer class has too much power and it's making too much money. And you and we all know, I don't know the data offhand, but the CEOs make 300 times as much as the workers make. And 50 years ago, CEOs made 30 times as much as the workers make. And yes, they're the CEOs. They're more responsible, whatever it might be, special skills. They can make 30 times as much, 40 times as much, 300 times as much is too much. And we need to rebalance things. And one worker alone can't do anything. All of the workers together can say, hey, we're going to need, need some more money. And if that means that your profits will be a little bit lower or you'll have to take a pay cut, CEO, that's okay with us. The shareholders can make a little bit less money and we can make a little bit more and that's better. Okay, Eric. Please go ahead. I was going to say that I, I talk about that in my new book, my new novel. 
my, my, some, some earlier fiction and, and storytelling is part of social movements. I like storytelling. Storytelling is fun. And I mean, I like data, but, but everybody doesn't. And I, and storytelling is fun. And I wrote a novel called Making Mana, like Mana from Heaven, M-A-N-N-A, which is really about the criminal legal system. And it's this, it's an observation of how, how bad things are in the criminal legal system and how to make them better. That's a novel called Making Mana. And my new novel is called Union Made, and it's about labor unions. It's a romance. So we have, he is, it's a traditional romance. We got a boy, we got a girl. And she is a labor organizer and she is trying to organize and make a union for the, with the, for, with the workers in the company where he works for the owners. So they are naturally adverse, but in the course of this book and the dialogue between them and his development, as he sees what's going on and looks at the company books and sees, well, maybe we could afford a raise. Yes. The shareholders would take a hit. But we could afford a raise and we're paying that union busting consultant to do those illegal, dirty tactics. I didn't realize that my company was doing that. And so over the course of the novel, he wakes up to the importance of labor unions and she wakes up that actually he's not such a bad guy. And so we have the we have the romantic dimension and I won't tell you exactly how the romance ends, but we end up with him waking up to the power and the, and, and the importance of unions in a way that really, to be honest, I did as well. So although your book is fiction, it's based on real world um, theories. It is based on real world theories with realistic campaign plans, realistic characters in the, in my book, Union Made, the industry is retail think Walmart or someplace like that, where it's retail workers who are getting paid eight bucks an hour. And of course the CEOs are making a lot more than that. And their shift schedules are jerked around. Now you're working overnight, but I can't work overnight. Tough luck. If you want the job, you're working overnight. So these are the kinds of things that the big employers do to the individual workers. <clears throat> so I tell those kinds of stories in Union Made but again, it's a romance. It's a good time. I want you to have fun. It is charming. It has jokes. It's it, it has um, it 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 has wins. It's not just all complaining about the big bad boss. Um, but the workers, you know, the workers have 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 lives, and you, the reader, we together, we get to live their lives with them for a while. And the union organizer has a life, and we get to live her life with her for a little while. And together, we are learning how to make things better for the workers all working together. So where can we find your books, Eric? Union Made. You can well, These books you can buy anywhere. And forgive me, I'm going to get struck dead for saying this. Um, you can get them, on, get them on Amazon and then go get them someplace else. Get them at your local bookseller. And my new book, Union Made, is the publisher is Hardball Press and it's hardballpress.com. And then you can look for the book. You can go to Barnes & Noble, where, wherever you'd like. My webpage, I am Eric Lotke, pleased to meet you. And on my webpage, ericlotke.com, you can click your way and you can, you, you can go buy the book on my webpage. But you can get it from Amazon. You can get it anywhere. It's not, not, not hard to buy. Oh, and by the way, it is 
It is a hard copy book. Um, I should paperback, but hard copy. This is this is Union Made. This is the cover art um, by a by a by, by a woman who lives in the neighborhood, um, who earns part of her living walking dogs. The Coronas were hard for her because people stayed at home. Um, Union Made. You can buy it. You can get the get the hard copy paperback hard copy. You can get an get it as an ebook, or you can get it on audio. And I had never done audio before. That was interesting. But you 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 can. And again, from Amazon ACX Audible, you you can get you can get the Audible the audio download. Well, that's convenient because you know a lot of people tend to listen to audiobooks on their drives these days. Right. I exactly. And my wife goes for a walk with a book every night. Well, that, that means she walks faster than me. <laughs> that's good to know. That's good to know. Now, Eric, from everything you're telling me, it seems that you are an activist. I think that's fair to say. Yes, and you have done some work with um, trying to build and maintain the middle class. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? You mentioned the book that I wrote called 2044. Yes. The problem is Big Brother. It's Big Brother Incorporated. And it's a reference to George Orwell with Big Brother, Big Brother, the Leviathan government out of control. And my my point is no, it's Big Brother Incorporated. It's big, right? It's it's the private sector that's out of control. It's the private sector that 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 is winning at everything. And so here we are all collectively as working people. And in every single job description, whether it's the janitors or the store clerks or the school teachers or the nurses or the, you know, point your finger at, 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 a, at a train or at a map, that person needs more money, except for this 1% of the 1% who has all of the money. I don't know the data offhand. I, I, I once did. But, you know, like the top 1% owns as much wealth as the bottom 50% combined or something like that. Forgive me, I, I don't swear by those numbers, but spiritually, it's something like that. And all of us, we're all in it together. All of us need a living wage. All of us want to play with our kids. All of us want to go to bed at a reasonable time. Any one of us might get sick and all of us want access to a doctor. And all of these things can unite us. And so what is it that we can do to make things better? And so this is the the, the union move that we can all, we can all, work together towards those things. So you're an author of three books. Union Made. Three. Go on. Yes. Union Made, Making Manor, and The Problem is in Big Brother. And 2044. The the, the play on words from George Orwell's 1984. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, You've been writing for a minute. How long have you been an author? There's a cousin who I don't see very often. Both of us are 50 whatever years old by now. And I see her, you know, from time to time on a family get together. And she said to me a few years ago, you know, Eric, we were once together when you were like 10 or 12. And you said you wanted to be an author when you grew up. And I said, really? I didn't remember that. It would have been good if I had known that because what I just did was later on, I decided to start writing fiction. I write nonfiction. I'm a lawyer. I've written nonfiction books. I write briefs. You know, I write op-eds. I write write reports with data in them. 
prison gerrymandering starts out as a law review article. <clears throat> the one in three studies, one in three young black men is in the criminal legal system. Those started out as data and then they become research and then they become published. All of that is writing, but it's all nonfiction. And the, the writing fiction started out as just kind of fun and it is fun to write, but really I want the readers to have a good time reading it. That's that. That's that's the the goal. And I don't think it's just about having a good time reading it because we've talked about some pretty heavy topics: um, the incarcerations, the disparities, the gerrymandering, the unions, and it looks like you incorporate that into your fictional writing. Exactly right. I want you to have a good time reading it, and then later I want you lying in bed saying, "Wait, she went to prison for how long?" for that? And how's she coming up with 10 bucks a, a week to talk to her daughter? She wants to talk to her daughter and she can't because she has to come up with 10 bucks a week. And she's choosing between her medicine or her, or, or, or her, or her groceries or, or her staying in touch with the, as a family. And, you know, and so that, and so forgive me, I chose a heartbreak. They come home, they get together, the family reunites. They're all happy to see each other again. Make manna has a lot of cooking, by the way. Oh, I used to earn my living as a chef, college, law school, times like that. I was, I was earning my living as a chef and I cook a nice meal every night and, and making man also has a lot of cooking in it. And somebody once said to me, Hey, Eric, you could have had an appendix with recipes in making manna, show them the things that, that were cooked. And I said, what do you mean appendix with recipes? That's what they're shouting across the kitchen. They're shouting four cups of flour. Okay. How much salt? When do I put the yeast in? And they're making bread, they're making manna, and they're doing it in real time after he's released from prison. They're baking bread. And I want you, the reader, to first of all, have a good time. And secondly, bake some bread. And if you want to know how to do it, they're shouting the, the, they're shouting the recipe across the kitchen. Well, I tell you what, Eric, I'm going to um, read your books and um, let you know if I'm able to cook any of those meals that you talk about in there. How about that? That sounds very nice. And again, this is the, 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 this is um, this is my new book, Union Me. You know, um, the time went by so fast. But before we go, do you mind reading um, just a page or two from Union Made for us? Oh heavens! I don't know. I'll have, it'll take me a minute to 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 find. Ooh, I've got an opening poem here. Okay. Forgive me, and it might not be what you want. It's from eighteen nineteen. Rise like lions after slumber, in unfathomable number. Shake your chains to earth like dew, that in sleep have fallen on you. Ye are many, they are few. Oh my that's goodness. My, that, 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 that's my poem about unchained, unchaining yourself. And I'd have, it would take me a minute to find, find exactly the right passage. What we have, she is a labor organizer She's terrific. She's full of energy. She kicks butt. She's wonderful. You'll fall in love with her. I fell in love with her. He is an accountant who works for the owner. He is a little bit of a fuddy-duddy. He's much more like me. You'll have to be patient and put up with him for a little while, but maybe he'll kind of grow on you. He kind of grows on her. That's the story of Union Maid. Thank you for sharing that, um, that poem with us. But you know, as I was listening to your poem, I couldn't help but to picture images of 
the migrants, um, the Haitians that were coming across the border. I that that's what I know. That's not what your book is about. But for some reason, listening to your poem, um, I couldn't help but to think about them and um, and I pray. I pray for them. Um, Everybody wants a better life, and they're taking a lot of risk. And when they were run, going across the river, they were doing it together. Yeah, yeah. Well, Eric, um, this has been eye-opening talking to you. Um, I have learned from you. And listeners, I hope that you learned from Eric as well. Um, if you have someone in your network that missed this conversation, send them the link. Um, every, you know, this is available where all podcasts are, all, at all the major podcasts. So share it, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Player FM, you know, wherever anybody listens to their podcast, it's on Audible too. And um, if you want to watch the video and see Eric as he's talking with all the books um, in the background, why don't you go on Margie TV and watch that on YouTube? You can also subscribe to Margie TV as you are there. Um, this has been Humanity Chats with Margie. We come to you on Thursdays to talk about everyday issues that impact humans. Um, our topics vary. And next week, we're going to be talking with an uh, amazing woman who is into photography. She's into dancing. She is a doula. She does it all. And we're going to learn from her as well. So tune in. Join us next week as we get together and talk about human interest stories and everyday issues that impact us. Now, as you leave us tonight, I want to tell you, go be great. Be kind to your neighbor. We are all in the same boat. We are humans and together we're stronger. So from Eric Lotke and myself, we say good night. Go find Union Made, Making Manor, and 2044 by Eric Lotke, everywhere books are sold. Good night. Thank you for listening. Share with a friend. We are humans from all around the world. One kind only. And that is humankind, your friend, Margie Marge.